Story and a song, story and a song, words and music, they belong. Story and a song, story and a song, hope that you will sing along. Kia ora, I'm Tanya Bad. And I'm Peter Forster. And we'd like to welcome you to A Story and a Song, a storytelling podcast for children from the Batcave. Well, we thought we might start off with a story from Aotearoa tonight. A scary one. No! Not a scary one! Oh, you can snuggle up. We're snuggling up with you right now! Okay, maybe that's a little too snuggly. It's actually pretty hot and humid and you're pretty woolly, Bat-Lamb. You could snuggle down in my lap here. Okay. Don't make it too scary, though! No, Alice won't like it if it's really scary. I think Alice will be just fine. Alice, to me, looks like she's pretty brave. (laughs) Now, um, last week here on Waiheke Island, I spent the week out at Whakaneifa. Maybe some of you have been out to the park if you've been to visit Waiheke. And if you haven't, and you come out to Waiheke, you should go out there. It's a great place for camping. And spotting birds. In fact, we spent the whole week doing workshops all about our manu. And as part of that week, we had an evening of storytelling under the big Puhutakawa tree, didn't we? Sure did. And we told the story. So, it's a story from Te Ao Māori, and it comes from the Te Arawa people. And that particular iwi, some of you might know is down uh, in the Rotorua area. Who's been to Rotorua? Oh, a few people have been down to Rotorua. It's an exciting place, isn't it? It's got all that bubbling mud. There's geysers. Lots of volcanic activity. It's got that beautiful church on the lake mm, with the beautiful carvings. And it's got a wonderfully rich history. So this story comes from that part of the world and it's about a boy whose name was Hatupatu. Now Hatupatu, when he was an adult, he was a great chief of the Te Arawa people. But this is a story from his childhood. In fact, given the story, he was pretty lucky to make it to his adulthood. Do any of you know the story of Hatupatu? You're going to know it soon, aren't you? All right. Well, let's start with Inawamua. Inawamua means a long time ago. It was the custom of many iwi here in Aotearoa in the long, hot summer months to go hunting in the Nahiri in the forest for manu, for birds. Not something we do much of anymore because most of our native birds are protected. And so it was that Hatupatu found himself as part of a hunting party with his three older brothers. Has anyone here got an older brother? I got six brothers, as you know, but they're all younger than me. You've got older brothers, haven't you, Pete? I sure have. Yeah. 
sure do. Pizza. Two of them. Two older brothers. Were your older brothers always nice to you? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Hatu Patu's older brothers, I am sorry to say, weren't very kind to Hatu Patu. They gave him all the hardest jobs to do. And they didn't give him enough food and Hatu Patu was always hungry. And so one day he stole some food. And when his brothers found out, they took their tayaha and they beat him. <gasps> and so not surprisingly, Hatu Patu ran away. He ran and he ran and he ran and he ran until he came to a part of the Nahiri where no humans ever went. And for good reason, because there was a Tanifa who lived in the Nairi there. You all know about Tanifa? Heads mm, being nodded. This Tanifa, her name was Kurunaituku. Shall I tell you about Kurunaituku? She was half wahini and half manu, as tall as a tree. Fingers like claws for her mouth, she had a beak. Guru Naituku, Guru Naituku, run, here she comes, Guru Naituku. So she was half woman and half bird and she was as tall as a tree and she had fingers like claws and for her mouth she had a beak. It was no wonder nobody went to that part of the Naherie. She sounds pretty scary. Yeah. Well, Hatupatu didn't know about Kurunaituku. All he could think about was his tummy and it was rumbling because he was so hungry. And then he spotted a big fat keruru. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, who has keruru around their house? The big fat wood pigeons. Yeah, they're pretty cool, aren't they? Oh, and so Hatupatu, he snared that keruru and he was roasting it over the fire. Probably making the original Kentucky Fried Kiraru. <gasps> when all of a sudden, he heard a sound behind him. And he looked over his shoulder, and there was Kurunai <laughs> Shall we sing a song again? Yeah. Why not? All right, yeah, sing a song. You can sing it. You know, in the privacy of your own home. Half wahini, half in manu, as tall as a tree. Fingers like claws for her mouth, she had a big kurunaituku, kurunaituku. Run, here she comes, kurunaituku. in her claws and she said who dares steal my manu my birds <gasps> you can imagine how to butter me was like ah! but then 
I took her, her beady eyes fixed upon Atu Patu and she went, Such a handsome little boy. I won't eat you. I'll keep you as my mokai, my pet. <laughs> I'll take you back to my lair. <laughs> keep you there. And so Kuru Naitoku, clutching Hatupatu, she flew back over the Nahiri until she came to her lair, which was a little bit like Alice's cave up there that she's made a cave and that cave was filled with hundreds of birds <gasps> you probably know some of them who knows the kiwi <gasps> what about the tui what about the piwai waka yeah. what about the kaka the parrot we have that over here in Waiheke <gasps> What about the pukeko? Ah, yeah. Lots of birds that you know. And hidden amongst the crevices, in the cracks of the rocks, were moko moko, the lizards. With their beady little eyes. And all of them were looking at the new mokai, the new pet that Kurunaituku had brought home. Oh, Tama. Here is your new home with your new friends, my other pets. <laughs> Natu Patu looked around the cave. He saw hanging on the wall beautiful korowai, woven cloaks. The most beautiful of all was made out of the red kaka feathers. And then he looked down on the floor and he saw lots of bones. Bones that looked like they might have belonged to other birds and other humans that had been nibbled, eaten by Kuru Naituku. And she said, you'll be safe here, Tama. My pets will watch over you and don't even think about escaping. For if you do, my pets will tell me and I will fly and find you. And when I find you, I'll rip you into a hundred pieces. <laughs> So, needless to say, Hatu Patu stayed in that cave. He wasn't in any hurry to be ripped apart into a hundred pieces. Oh, this is really scary! Oh, Batlam, we're just in the middle of it right now, but you have to keep going in stories sometimes. I don't know, maybe I want to get something to block my ears. You can be a brave lamb. Just, just you know, just snuggle up there. Pete and I are here. What is, is Kuru Naituku going to eat him? Oh, we have to keep going with the story and find out. Will he escape? No, not if you keep interrupting me, Bat Lamb, because I won't be able to finish the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now. The days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months. And Marama the moon grew fat and then thin and then fat again. And Hatu Patu, he grew thinner and thinner. Because although Kura Naituku bought him many things to eat, he wasn't hungry. The only thing he was hungry for 
was the company of his friends and his family. He wanted to be with his own people, not a prisoner of Kurunaituku. And one day, noticing how thin Hatupatu had become, Kurunaituku said, No, my tama, you used to be so plump, but now you're so thin. Is there something I can get for you to eat? A nice, fat, juicy tuna? No, Hatupatu didn't want an eel. Hmm, what about, ooh, um, an ikka? Would you like a fish? Hatupatu didn't want a fish. And suddenly Hatupatu had an idea. There is one thing I hunger for. Oh, Tarakura Naichuku, what it is, and she will get it for you, Tama. I do love the juicy orange kawakawa berries that grow on that far, far away mountain. If you fetch some of those for me, I would eat them. Naituku looked at the mountain because it indeed was a very long way away. It would take her many hours to fly there and come back again. Mm. Well, for you, my Tama, I will get the kawakawa berries tomorrow. And so the next morning, true to her word, Kurunaituku, she stretched out her wings and she started to fly towards that great mountain and Hatupatu knew that it would take her many hours to get there and many hours to return so as soon as she was gone he took the korowai the woven cloaks down from the wall and he covered over the entrance to the cave so nothing could come in and nothing could go out but he kept the beautiful red kaka korowai for himself made from the red feathers and then Hatupatu escaped. And all of Kurunaituku's pets, all those manu, they screeched, Ah, Kurunaituku, Kurunaituku, you mokai, the tama is escaping! But Kurunaituku was too far away, she couldn't hear, and none of the birds could fly out to get her to tell her, none of them, that is, except for the riroriro. That little grey warbler, because it's so tiny that it managed to find a little hole and it squeezed itself out. And it flew as fast as it could, trying to catch up with Kurunaituku. And when it found Kurunaituku, it said, Oh, Kurunaituku, Kurunaituku, your favourite mokai, the tama, he has escaped. When Kuru Naituku heard that, she screeched, because she knew that she had been tricked. And she turned around and she flew back towards her cave. And soon, Patupatu, he could hear her screeching in the forest. She was getting closer and closer. He could feel the updraft from her wings whooshing through the forest. Hatupatu, he ran as fast as he could because his life depended upon it, didn't it? He was running, 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 but Kurunaituku was gaining ground. Ah! Ah! 
garden ahead of him, he saw a great rock. And lucky, Hatupatu knew a little bit of magic. And he slapped his hand down on that rock and he said, Matiti, Matata. And the great rock opened. And Hatupatu was able to dive inside. And the rock wrapped around him. So he was safe just in time because right at that moment Kuranai Tukushi landed down on that rock and she scratched and she clawed at the rock but the rock held Hatupatu safe and as he huddled inside the rock he could hear her screeching and he could hear her claws scratching but as time went by the screeching ceased, and so did the scratching. And Hatupatu, he waited, and he waited for what seemed like a very long time. And it was very quiet. He couldn't hear anything. And he thought, maybe Kuranaituku has gone home. Maybe she's tired and she's gone back to her cave. And now I can escape. So he tapped his hand again on the rock. Matiti, matata. And the kuatu, the rock opened up. And now te po, the night had come and it was dark. Matupatu looked around. He couldn't see Kurunaituku. He couldn't hear Kurunaituku. And so he stepped out from the rock, holding his red cloak. And all of a sudden, down from her hiding place, up in the branches of the trees, Kurunaituku swooped down and oh, Hatupatu, he started running as fast as he could again. Run, Hatupatu! And Hatupatu, he was running, 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 and Kurunaituku, ah! And he ran and he ran and he ran and he ran until he came a place where there was lots of bubbling, boiling mud. Have you ever been into a place like that? A volcanic area? We have quite a few of them here in Aotearoa. Who's been to see the bubbling, boiling mud? Mm, it's quite a thing. Great pools of boiling mud. <gasps> and Hatupatu, he leapt over one of these pools of boiling mud. But as he landed on the far side, he stumbled and he fell to the ground. And he looked up and he saw Kuranaituku with a great wings and claws and beak coming down <gasps> over the pool. And all of a sudden, as it happens sometimes with that boiling mud, which is why you can't get too close to them, a great spurt of boiling steam and hot water shot as a geyser out of the ground and it hits Kurunai Tuku. And she fell down, down, down into the boiling mud. And Hatupatu jumped up and he looked. But Kuranaituku didn't come back. She was gone. I'm glad. <gasps> Batlam's glad Kuranaituku's gone. And so Hatupatu, he lived to become a young man and then to become a wise old chief of the Te Arawa people. 
with his beautiful red korowai. And he lived out on Makoya Island. Next time you're in Rotorua, you stand on the shores of the lake and you look out and you can see Makoya Island. It's the home of another very famous story that comes from Te Ao Māori. And if you think, hmm, I don't know, maybe that story's not really true. Hmm? Well, if you are driving down to Taupo, you have a look. Between Tokoroa and Taupo, there is a sign and it points to Hatu Patu's Kohatu to his rock. You can go and see it. And you can see the little hole that he hidden inside the rock. And you can see the claw marks that Kuranaituku made with her great talents. Mm. And if you're with someone, well, you could share this story with them, couldn't you? You could say, I know the story of this Kohatu, of this stone. It's all about a boy whose name was Hatu Patu. And it started... Wahini and half manu as tall as a tree Big as like claws for her mouth She had a big kurunaituku Kurunaituku Run! Here she comes Kurunaituku did you think of that story? Is it over? Yes, Batlam. Was Hatu Patu okay? Weren't you listening? I had to put my head under a pillow. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was just too oh. scary. I didn't I just I just couldn't listen. I thought I thought Kuru Naituku was gonna get him and ripping him into a hundred pieces! Oh well no, it all ended okay in the end. Well what happened? Oh, that lamb, you're gonna to have to you find one of those tamariki who've been listening to the story, and you're gonna to have to ask them. No, or I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to be part of our podcasts, you can join the Bat Cave or support us by purchasing books and audios from our website, www.imagined-worlds.net.